What is up, everybody? Welcome to Burn After Noticing. It's the Burn Notice podcast from people who haven't seen Burn Notice. Until now, now we've sort of seen it. We've seen just about one full season of it, and we're going to talk about it. I'm Paul. I'm here with my co-host, Josh. And I'm Josh. And yes, we've seen damn near the entire first season of Burn Notice. This is the penultimate episode of season one. Technically the finale, part of a two-part season finale event. Depends on uh, depends on what listing you're watching it on, though. You might get a little confused with the episode titles as There's we come to find out. There's some confusion. We're going to talk about that confusion, and we're going to talk about so much more. Uh, there's a lot to get into on this episode, and I'm really, really, really excited. <laughs> you, can I stop it? you real quick? Yes. I feel like you've said that every episode, which is kind of funny. Not to not to like criticize. I just think it's funny that it, there's so much to talk about that we never think there is. There, because there's always so much to talk about. Um, oh, okay. There was a couple times. There was probably like two episodes where there wasn't so much to talk about. That's true. Jedi That's Vest. the ones where we barely um, talk about. That. I think the episode I, was. But sleeves. there is there is not a not a hint of irony in in my voice here. Uh, there is a lot to talk about, and I'm very excited. And we brought along, not one, but very two, very special. Very guests. I, I um, really <laughs> you, you I were trying for the twofer. It didn't really work out. I was trying out. for it, and it wasn't going to be a threefer. But uh, it we takes brought... two to make a pod go right. Some say, "Ho!" And it takes four to make this pod go right. So we brought the motherfucking Dune Boys. Dune Boys, Dish Boys. Welcome to Burn After Noticing. What up? What up? Thanks for having us. Hey guys. Unbelievable. So welcome. We love having you on the show. I know. You know, we usually start off uh, asking guests their familiarity with Bird Notice, and not very many have. And I know, Jeff, you said you had, and then now you're kind of wondering if you ever did, right? Oh, I'm sure I watched it. Uh-oh. Okay, sorry. <laughs> uh, no, I know I watched it. Uh, I think it might have been a show that I possibly gave up on, but it's been a oh. while. It was apparently a lot longer ago than I thought it was, so. It was like watching yes, it for the first that, time. Uh, we found that as we age, uh, the concept of time uh, no longer holds its significance. Yeah, stuff starts to get slippery. Starts to get real slippery. Uh, <laughs> our our uh, our heroes were in some real slippery situations this week, which we're going to talk about uh, a little bit later. I'm very uh, ready to get, <laughs> just. I'm chopping at the bit, you guys. Talk you're you're just like me, so excited. Like usually, we, we do everything in our power to not talk about the episode, but that's all you want to do. Yes, yeah, keep me away from talking about this episode yet. That's I'm really all you want to do. Uh, so, uh, well, my uh, my 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 only familiarity with the show is is I I remember like seeing a billboard for it in like 2008 or something like that. Oh, okay, and I'd like just broken up with this girl and like it was like really it was i was in a really like low like point oh no does does burn notice like uh bring back some like uh repressed bad memories for you is this like kind of like like dredging some stuff up no it was just seeing that <laughs> billboard though and then i was as i was watching the show i i remembered that like Gabrielle Anwar like kind of looked like my ex a little bit. Wow, really? brag a little bit. Brag a little bit, why don't you? A little, <laughs> yeah. a little brag there, but uh, oh man, my ex was just so hot. Oh, you guys, hot Irish terrible. chick, such a pain in the ass. But it was like it as I was watching the show, I was like, that's what that's what it reminded me. I remember getting, I got dumped. We didn't break up. But um, oh, you hate to see it. You hate to see so it. Got burned, I was so a, to speak. I got burned. Got burned. I got Damn. burned. And so it was uh, I remember looking at this billboard and here she was on the beach with this like handsome guy. And I was like, 
fucking hate that show. Oh, wait, she was standing next <laughs> wow. to Bruce Campbell? No, she was standing next to uh, Squince, Squince O'Donnelly there. Squince <laughs> O'Donnelly. Aw. That's a great Oh, that name. is anti-Boston racism. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of good Boston stuff, man. I was hoping oh, you would, you were broken it, up in front of the billboard for bird notice and just ooh you just well, like I, there's like a long shot of you like looking up sadly longingly at the bird notice billboard yeah i'm like in the rain and it's like raining on my face yeah. and i'm just like this sucks my life sucks it's like the like the eve six inside Donovan. out video where you're walking around but it's raining only on you specifically exactly exactly like that video I I had to have started watching this because of Bruce Campbell. That's the only reason I can think of because I have no idea who the other people are. That sounds right. Um, yeah, it's, I mean they, it, they really haven't gone on to do anything else, so it's really Bruce Campbell's the only one who has like a solid chunk of uh, resume. That's not true. Oh, it's very, that's not true. I think Anwar is still working. She was in the Tudors and stuff. Yeah, and Jeffrey Donovan had a gypsy. Can you even call them gypsies anymore? He had a gypsy show no, on Hulu. No, that is not a no. No, dude. I'm no, that is not good. Canceled. Yeah. Canceled. Because um, he looks very Roma. Oh, yeah. that was at Roma. I apologize. There, yeah, that's probably a little bit better. Uh, shout outs to Tyson Fury. <laughs> um, but it's it's very interesting that you guys. Those are both your stories because I think two of the most common ways into burn notice. And people's most, uh, uh, I th- like, like top memories of Bernus when we ask our guests about this is advertising and Bruce Campbell. So yeah. you guys, the, 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 those are the two things I think that brought us in. Yeah, like wrestling uh, my, or Bruce Campbell. Or wrestling, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like what brought me in was, yeah, uh, after Monday Night Raw or sometime during Monday Night Raw, there's be a lot of Burn Notice ads. Right, so if you're watching USA Network, you're getting a lot of advertising for Burn Notice. And I and really if, wasn't. It's funny when you approached me with the with the like premise of the show. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, I don't even really know what the fuck Burn Notice is. Which is yeah, that's like these are our two stories. So mine is through advertising, and yours yours was through Bruce Campbell. You're just like, yeah, well, I know Bruce Campbell. So yeah, I was like, yeah, he's cool. <laughs> so that's funny because well, there like, you uh, go. Your the... your, uh, your ways in kind of mirror ours. Yeah, it's the same uh, similar similar approach. I saw a billboard and got pissed off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm always doing that. And they I'm always doing this. that. Fuck I'm this show. I'm gonna watch it right now. Yeah, I'm seeing yeah. billboards and I'm getting really upset. It happens a lot. Actually, uh, I do live like my window overlooks like uh, a big ass billboard, like a little like enough that you can see it all the time. Whenever it changes to like different like insufferable smiling news people, I just get upset. Oh, that makes sense. I yeah. Just have to look outside, and it's just like some different like local news team just mugging at the crowd. With their the, uh, on bleached, the, yeah. bleached hair and bleached teeth. Yes, just the gigantic Oof. white teeth on the billboards. Like all local news billboards are exactly the same thing. I wanted to. Yeah, no, that makes sense. All all local news is exactly the same thing. It's death and murder and sports. Yeah, Sinclair owned propaganda. What? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's time for that shit to end. So this said that uh, it, w- it was on the USA Network, and I wanted to know, because the only other show I could think of that was USA that I watched was Psych. Okay. And I wanted to know if there was ever a Psych, was there ever a Psych Burn Notice crossover? No. Not that I know of yet. Yeah. I don't I mean, think so. I don't, I don't know if USA has really ever done crossovers. The one that we see the most people request is Dexter in Burn Notice, because they take place in Miami. Yeah, they both took place in Miami at the same time. So Dex- the first season of Dexter was also running in 2007. Yeah, so people wanted Dexter and Burn Notice for the only... Uh, really, like, the tones of the show are completely different. I feel like the only reason is because of the setting. 
yeah, yeah but it, it, it almost feels like they're like shot through the same filter or maybe like they had like a similar like cinematography team or something like that yeah, like, well, it's just that, Miami for, yeah, uh, everybody Vice has City the filter. same idea of uh, what Miami looks like it's just <laughs> everything is overlit and has lots and lots of neon lots oh, of yeah. lots of ports and lots of uh, yep. lots of boats lots of bikini and a lot babes. of yeah, dro- you need drone shots and um and like latino music and uh, yeah. uh soft focusing yeah, everywhere you go, everywhere you go, salsa music is playing. I'm always, I'm always listening to salsa music as I'm just going about my regular day <laughs> all the time, no matter where I am. I did write down Dexter music and like circled it. Yeah. Wow. See? Yeah. See? No, there is some like the 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 establishing shots and that kind of stuff is all very very Dexter. Or like oh, yeah. CSI Miami type. And it's yeah. There's literally there's a CSI Miami moment in one episode where Donovan puts <laughs> on the sunglasses and everything. Whoa. It's one of my favorite gifts. Oh yeah, I have, I have. There was some pretty good uh, sunglasses on, sunglasses off moments in this show, and you can very clearly tell that this was shot in Miami too. It's not a lot of, you know, shots just of them walking near buildings and occasional random shot of a palm tree, so you know. Where yeah, they're they're, they're very inconsistent on that because there was like there's one that uh, comes to my mind especially. We had guest uh, AKA Chris P on. Yeah. And Chris is a South Florida guy. He grew up there. And there was like some times where he pointed out specifically, like, there's no way this shit's in Miami. Like, this looks like <laughs> fucking Pittsburgh. But then sometimes, like, it's like a sports bar or a beach, and you're like, oh yeah, this can only be Miami. Yeah. So they, they I think they, they picked and choose. They were like, well, we've got the uh, warehouse set over. Yeah, like they get, you know, like, Burbank. you can clearly see like when they got all their on location stuff, and then what they yeah. supplemented back at the studio. Oh no, I gotta correct you. I checked. It it did say sh- that it was filmed in Miami. Oh, shit. Yeah, but they can shoot shit anywhere though. They could shoot part of it in Miami and the rest of it somewhere else. Yeah, there's definitely a, pun- a, a bunch of on location, but like I feel like you can really see when it isn't. Well. Yeah, some of the some well, of the. I'm not episodes. a bird notice expert. This one, I can tell you where. Uh, well, we'll get into it, but uh, I, I feel like some of this took place within uh, the map of GTA Five. So, uh, yeah, yeah, this was very, and especially towards the end, was very much a video game. But we will oh, we'll yeah. save that. There's a lot uh, of video game sh- like things. Like I was comparing it to Resident Evil Four the other week. Yes, and this one I can compare to Grand Theft Auto like a lot. Bringing the video game crossovers, baby. Oh yeah, th- and this uh, this shows like that video game writing, video game acting, all of it. There's well, a lot speaking of speaking of crossovers though. Maybe before we get into this, you know, since you guys are Dune experts, we're the Burn Notice experts. You guys usually classify whether or not something is or is not a dune. Would you consider, after seeing this, was Bird Notice a dune? Great question. No, too much water. Too much. That's true. Yeah, there is a lot of water for. It literally takes place on a city that's below sea level. So. Yeah, just because there's sand doesn't qualify that as a dune-related movie or show. <laughs> so not a dune, okay. Yeah, I was trying. Notice, not I was, a dune. You heard it here, folks. I was trying to find a way to 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 classify it, but it it just started to feel too forced and shoehorny. So maybe this is like Caladan, and this is before they leave to Arrakis. Uh, it could be. Could <laughs> you be. tried maybe. a little more lush. You <laughs> that's heard my it here, only folks. thing. Burn notice is actually a dune prequel. That's there not a dune. Hmm. I don't That's know. Canada. You know, another thing I was going to ask too, maybe before we get into it, um, of the three main characters, so Bruce Campbell, Gabriel Anwar, and Jeffrey Donovan, uh, who would they play if they were cast in Dune? Ooh, oh, I like that too. That's a good question. Yeah, I would love to see David or Jeffrey Donovan in any David Lynch work at all. He kind of gives off that feeling of being a psychopath, so he would fit. Yeah, exactly. He could like work in a, in a very Lynchian setting. 
You yeah, think he'd he be was, like uh, uh, Baron he, Harkonnen then? Uh, I was thinking maybe. Uh, hmm. He was great on that. Oh, he he was on Fargo. He was on the the one season of Fargo too. He was really yes, good. Yeah, on that. he was. Uh, who that? I think Ben brought that up in a previous episode. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. And he played a psycho on that too. He was fucking pretty good actually. Yeah, he's got the thousand. He, or the, as a uh, as Stav says, the thousand island stare. Thousand yeah. island stare. Yeah, exactly. the thousand island stare. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I mean, Gabrielle Anwar would probably be like Jessica, I guess. I mean, there's not too many other female uh, characters. Yeah, because she plays the broad. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, she could be, she could be Chani, too. She's a little bit swarthy, sort of. uh, Well, she's super tan in the show, so. Well, she's like super all over Jeffrey Donovan. So those uh, those swarthy Northern Englanders. Well, that's the thing. I mean, like, she's so tan in this show that it's, I think she's, I think I, I saw on her wiki that she's like, part persian or something too, she's uh so. she's half indian half english i believe there we go that's the stuff yes she's english indian play playing an irish woman playing an american <laughs> there we go all <laughs> over the map this is a show about accents and uh i can't wait to get into some of the accent work on this one <laughs> got some got some great accent work going on uh in this episode uh so uh, i guess we could finally uh, satisfy me and let's start getting into this episode yeah. Let's sati- yes, let's begin to satisfy you right now. <laughs> this whole podcast is about satisfying me. You will talk about Bird Notice I will with me. get off. <laughs> I mean, after this episode, <laughs> careful what you wish for. <laughs> so we, uh, we open on uh, Jeffrey Donovan doing sit-ups upside down with his gun. Yeah. He is on <laughs> Very edge. masculine. Yeah, Je- uh, uh, Michael Weston is on edge uh, after go- like the, uh, a whole season of trying to figure out who burned him. Um, a b- whole bunch of murder, um, a lot of near-death experiences, and finally getting close to Michael, or uh, what's his name, Robert Cowan? Philip, Philip, Philip Cowan, I think. Philip Cowan. Yeah, yeah. Philip, Philip Cowan. Cowan uh, A.K.A. the man who burned Michael Weston. And he's getting so close. And uh, we, we open up with him doing the sit-ups, and then we get an upside-down Sam Axe right away. This is like the quickest we've got Sam Axe uh, in any episode this season, and I'm very thankful for it. And, you know, I, I just want to say, I think The Man Who Burned Michael Weston would be a better movie than The Man Who Killed Don Quixote. Absolutely. <laughs> to 100%. put a topical spin on this episode. Dragon Gilliam already. Wow. Mm. Yeah. I did, him in the, I did it in our conversations prior to the pod, and I'll do it now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I liked it because when I watched this episode, it gave me, like, because it is, like, one of the last episodes of the season the copy that I watched, which was, I believe from an Australian TV network. Nice. Gave me like a recap of what happened in the season and who everybody was and stuff like that. It was like, Oh yeah. It it gave you that whole, like previously on uh, that's the standard. So they, they air that at the the top of every single episode. Holy shit. It's like, uh, it's like the firefly thing where Nathan Fillion, like super fast talks you into the entire universe. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's that, uh, but for burn notice. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, hey, uh, my name is Michael Weston, and that's where I, I know I posted that joke, and I've told it on this pod before. Where he's that's like, great. when you're burned, you've got nothing, no cash, no credit, no job history. We used to have Johnny Cash, Bob Credit, and Steve Job History. <laughs> now we have no cash, no credit, no job history. Oh shit! Uh, <laughs> it's so dumb, but I love that. I also like it that like he's like, oh, wherever they dump you, that's that's where you are. And I'm like, wow, you just happen to get dumped in like beautiful Miami, yep, Florida. He, get, he gets dumped in his hometown of Miami, Florida, surrounded by friends and family. 
Yeah, not like fucking Des Moines, Iowa or something like that. Like, yeah, we talked about this. Like, how much more interesting the show would be if it was like uh, Burn Notice Midwest? Like, <laughs> yeah, like Burn Notice, or like if we guys yeah, did Burn Notice St. Louis, Burn Notice Cincinnati. Oh, boy. Burn Notice Calumet City. If you came into this show and this was your first episode, would you think that Bruce Campbell was the star? Yes. Which, oh, for sure. Which I Absolutely. think they deliberately decided to do in this episode so they could specifically set up more Bruce Campbell in subsequent seasons because of how well he tested. That's my guess. That's I think they planned theory. on having less Bruce, and I think that's how they got Bruce to do the show. Is like, you'll barely have to work. And then he just got wildly popular, and they were like, you know, here's how much we'll pay you next season if you just come back all the time. Who the fuck thought that he would not work with audiences should lose their job? Like, what the fuck? I don't even know if it was that. They probably just thought that he was going to, like, not be as big of a deal. They thought, oh, this will be cool. He'll pop the crowds. You know, like, Bruce Campbell will come in. He'll be, like, a bit player or whatever. But people, like, he kind of had the, uh, the Jeremy Piven on Entourage situation where he just kind of took the show over. Mm. Uh, you know, I just bought the first season, first three seasons of Burn Notice. I found them at a used bookstore. So good. And I need to investigate some of these commentary checks. You know what? I, I looked at the special features, and it looks like they get thinner as the seasons go on, which is unfortunate. Yeah, it's more and more busy. That's unfortunate. But, yeah, um, yeah. We, we're going to get into those special features. That's a good tease because uh, yes. uh, before we get into season two, we are going to uh, to dig into some of those special features uh, for some very special podcast episodes. I watched one today. It was called uh, Girls Gone Bird Notice. And it's probably exactly <laughs> oh, what you think it is. Maybe. God damn. Wonderful. <laughs> that's so good. Uh, Sounds that's hot. so good. Um, so this Steamy. week, uh, uh, to your point, guys, uh, this week, Sam X is the star of the show. He's going to take a job solo because Mike is too busy trying to get his whole burn notice figured out. Uh, you know, the, the thing that the show is named after. But we're not going to follow that. We're going to follow a different thing this week. The show is called Burn Notice, but we're going to do the, the other thing. It's called so, yeah, Blackmail. The Blackmail one. <laughs> yeah, Blackmail Notice. Um, <laughs> so we're going to do Blackmail Notice. So Sam's going to go do some recon uh, on his job. And Michael is going to go uh, set up a meet uh, with, uh, with Philip Cowan, the man who burned him. And on the way, he talks about tradecraft. You guys probably noticed this. The show loves to do ADR and narration of, like, what's going on and platitudes about how to be a spy. Yeah, the voiceover and, like, text below, like, people's names. It's like, this is the man that, like, burned me. And I'm like, how fucking stupid do you think your audience is? (laughs) It is USA Network in 2007. Uh, They just, they literally just finished watching Monday Night Raw. Okay, yeah. yeah, so they're still a bit like fried out and uh, I got I need this to be explained to me. Okay, I get it. I get <laughs> oh, it. You're all you're all the adrenaline is still pumping through your brain. This right? show loves a lower third, but it is self-aware enough to like play around with those lower thirds. Like they'll do goofy things with them sometimes. Sure, like, yeah, no, I noticed like a corny, like a sense of humor. There definitely is a sense of humor there. Yeah, so like that's one thing they kind of save is like they know it like sometimes they know it's cheesy, but you can also tell like like this episode has a lot of different guest directors and writers and stuff. Matt Nix does a lot of the writing, it seems like, but it's like, there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen, and you can tell when other people have creative input and like where the show kind of goes off in a lot of different directions creatively uh, throughout this season. But there's uh, a couple see, episodes that are just like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up Matt Nix because the one other show that I know him from is that Good Guys show, which was a yes. great. That was a great show. I remember the promos it. for that, but I don't know if I ever watched it. You should check it out. It's really funny. It's got Colin Hanks and uh, yeah, Bradley Colin Whitford Hanks. in it. It's very good. It's, um, it's, a, it's a fun show. It's a goofy show, and um, it I guess it didn't do too well, so it got canceled. But uh, it's a really, really funny show. I would suggest oh, checking it, it out. What did it tweet out to get canceled? 
Uh, I think this was probably not in... I think it just didn't perform well with audiences. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine yeah. Colin Hanks tweeting out anything. I know I know, uh, <laughs> I know. know that Whitford likes to likes to promote politics stuff because he th- thinks he's still on the West Wing or some bullshit, so... <laughs> he's living the West Wing in real life now. Yeah, the, you know, so... actors really need to stop, with, stop it with that bullshit. Like, you're making it worse. Um, there's a, here's some, since we're talking about the creative minds behind this episode in this season, did anyone check for who directed this one? I did uh, notice that there were like two names listed for the directors. <laughs> this one was directed, this one we watched, this first one was directed by Jeremiah Chechik, who right. is extremely accomplished. Um, yeah, he did National Lampoon's like Christmas Vacation. He did Christmas Vacation. He did Benny in June. He did yeah. The Bronx wow. is Burning. Wow. Um, he did The Good Guys, uh, to your point. He did oh. Chuck. Um, he did a bunch of shit. He's Gossip like, Girl. Yeah, yeah wow. Yeah, I'm, he's I'm like, flipping through now. Again, lending more credence to this being my favorite episode because it was just like a really, this was a legitimately very good piece of TV. Like, all the, we're going to have fun with the episode, and we always do, but I want it to be known that I thought this was just good TV by any standard. Cool. Yeah. He also directed I can't that. Of, the visionary director of Gossip Girls. Well, it he sounds did like the, everybody <laughs> is really in agreement with me here. Is the Sean Connery one, like the late nineties? Oh one. hell yeah! Oh, <laughs> that was wow. him. Hell okay. yeah! All right. The <laughs> Good Wonderful. Avengers. Oh, that's a really good one. The Good Avengers. The Good. Yeah. Wow, the bold take. The Good Avengers. Well, maybe not <laughs> so much nowadays. Avengers. I feel like maybe that'll be the popular opinion. Uh, and also, uh, that's Van the Halen Uma video Thurman hits volume like one. Sexy but not sexy, and it was like, what are you guys doing? God. Interesting. Wow. I did not. I did not know that until you brought him up. Shout out Jeremiah Chechik. You did a great job, pal. You did great, buddy. Cool. Did a it's, hell of a it's, thing. A very, it's a very popular thing now to say things that people used to not like yeah. are good now. Yeah. It's happening <laughs> it's right now with the the last two Matrix movies, which all of a sudden people think are masterpieces. Those are still not good. I don't, I'm not, I'm, I'm, that is a, not a contrarian take I can get on board with. Those are still bad. That's I think you're going to get canceled, dude. Wow. Cancel me for not liking a couple of Matrix movies. That's yeah, that's, that's transphobic. Uh, God damn it. <laughs> Got me there. Wow. You got me there. I'm sorry, Wachowskis, for thinking that your movies weren't that great. Unbelievable. Cancel me. I I, I barely remember, like, Matrix Revolution, so I couldn't even tell you, like, what the fuck happened. I remember there was, like, that. I remember the same thing everyone else remembers that one, like, ecstasy party underground scene. That's literally it. That sounds fun. I don't think I remember that. It's been so long. I walked out of Revolutions. That's one of the few movies I ever walked out of. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it was that disappointing. I was like, I, I went and got my money back. I was like, I want a voucher to another movie because this is bullshit. I think I, I walked out of a comic book movie from a, The Losers, I think it was called. I think it was called The Losers, if anybody remembers that. Not yeah, at all. vaguely, yeah. <laughs> it, I, like, I was just so fucking bored that I was like, me and my friend were like, you know, we we were just like bored in an afternoon and we're like, well, let's just go see this dumb movie. That's we got saw that, it. It was uh, just like Zoe so, Saldana, Chris Evans. Idris Elba, like people, like it's kind of well-known people, but it's just like so fucking boring. I think that's the only movie I've ever walked out of. Yeah, I think oh, Negan I think I was the star of that. Now. The actor that plays Negan, who I really don't like, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah, fuck that guy. Really? That's that's a hot take. Wow. Can't do it. That is a hot take because we've I think we've talked very positively about Jeffrey Dean Morgan on this podcast before. He doesn't act. He always plays the same fucking character and everything. You know how many actors have been successful and good doing that exact thing? Tom though? Cruise, Will Smith, Vince um, Vaughn, George Clooney, George Clooney. Um, they have, uh, Bruce, they Campbell. Have Bruce Campbell, Bruce fucking Bruce Campbell. Campbell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> True, you got me there, busted. 
<laughs> Sometimes, you know, when you find that lane and it works. Jack Nicholson, we didn't bring up Jack. He's been doing it for decades. Yeah, true. Bruce yeah. Campbell is like Nicolas Cage <laughs> where he acts when he wants to. I've seen Bruce Campbell movies where he's straight up acting. That's also valid. Yeah, yeah. No, when 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 Bruce wants to turn it on, he can. And yeah, when and when Cage wants to turn it on, he is the best on the planet. Ooh, he's so good. Yeah, he's. he's can a, I he's bring a up? Um, can I bring up a very upsetting, problematic part of this show? Of course. Uh, sure. <laughs> um, Michael shames Sam. Sam is Bruce Campbell. Yes. He food shames him. He. We open right up with food shame. Yes. And you know what? He calls him trans fats too. Whoa. It was upsetting. That Trans upsetting, fats yeah. rights is what I yeah. say. Sam comes in with a bucket of chicken. It's so obviously trying to mimic a KFC bucket without the KFC brand. Yeah, it's got the, the stripes and just says, this is chicken or something. Yeah, fried chicken. I think it just says <laughs> is This chicken. is a bucket of chicken. <laughs> That's how you know a food is good if it's served in, like, bucket form, a, right? Like, aren't all the good foods served in bucket form? Absolutely. And, well, I mean, what is what is a yogurt cup besides a tiny little bucket? That's yeah, and they have the little you know. This is the artistic shot of the, um, you know, the scene where they <laughs> they contrast the bucket of fried chicken with uh, the much um, healthier choice. You can yogurt. you can see a gif of that at Bird Notice Pod on our Twitter that I put. Yeah, up. you did. You I, tweeted I out a little gif up. of that one. Um, but yeah, they're Michael's telling him don't eat the chicken, and he's eating the yogurt. They go to the job, and he like looks at, at at Sam like don't eat that stupid chicken next to me, and and Sam's like okay, I guess I won't bite the chicken. He's all sad about it. He's like oh. yeah, but he was he was and happy. You know what? I support cold chicken breakfast. Yeah, dude, he's great. Bruce Campbell's always having a good time. He comes into the apartment, he cracks a beer, and he's about to eat fried chicken. He I belongs in the Boston Red Sox uh, bullpen, if you ask me. That's right. Well, we're going to get into some Boston stuff. That's a, that's oh, a deep man. cut for baseball Boston fans. is happening. Um, so they, uh, they, they, have, they have breakfast. Uh, Mike goes off to, um, to meet uh, uh, Philip Cowan, and he finds a poem. And I wrote the poem down. Oh, good. I you may travel the world from end to end, but you'll find no greater joy than to make a new friend. Oh, oh. oh Care guys. Bears. Pretty sure that's a Care Bears movie. And that's and that's nice. And I just thought that was nice. Um, so Michael's out here making friends, and it turns out we're speaking about people we've seen before and uh, and who starred in this. Uh, the man who burned Michael Weston is uh, character actor and beloved that guy, Richard Schiff. Richard Schiff, that's right. Yeah, like he's definitely the. Isn't there a documentary where like there's a documentary about like character actors with like I recognize that face. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure he is featured in that. He has to be. Yeah. He is totally like, a that guy. He is in fucking everything. That's the problem. He's in so much that I can't think of a single movie that he's in. Absolutely. Yeah. He's he literally one of the guys in. that's in so many things you can't nail down the one thing that you remember him from. You know, I think I watched that documentary, and I don't know who would have agreed to be in it because I I found it kind of insulting. Yeah, um, yeah. it's kind of like the, the voice actors one too. The guy who plays uh, Newman, it's like mostly about him, right? Isn't it mostly him Newman? and Lance? If you know who Lance Reddick is, oh yeah, I love Lance Reddick. I mean, yeah, Lance Reddick. yeah, he's he's great, and he's he was in that too. And I'm like, what is he doing? In Lance Reddick movie? is too good to be just a random. That no, yeah. no, I don't see. I don't buy Lance Reddick being part of that group. Yeah, that's I mean, bullshit. that's like the they did. The, I, I recognize that's that goddamn voice. Captain Daniels from the motherfucking Wire. Like Tom Kenny was on the voice actors one, and Phil Lamar, and it's like, come on, like anybody who knows like anything about animation knows them. That's like yeah, not the people yeah. that are like, oh, they the are like kind of they're like quintessential workers though. Like Phil Lamar is in everything. Yeah, he'll t- he'll... that's why I was like surprised he's on there because it's like really I think like like I'm well maybe I'm just like biased because I watch animation a lot but that's insane. Right. 
Um, I think the uh, one of the other the bad guy in this uh, is a like a voice actor, a video game voice actor. The uh, oh, the guy who plays Kent. Yeah, Kent. Good Kent. old, good old Clark Kent. At first, I thought his name was Ken, and then I was like, "Why do they keep saying Kent?" And then I'm like, "Oh, okay, I guess his name is Kent." I was just thinking a lot about Kenta because I watched uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling's Wrestle Kingdom 14 last night. Well, and I and I think Don, I think uh, I think uh, fucking what's our main character's name again? <laughs> Michael, Michael Weston. Weston. I keep wanting to call him Squints. I'm like, hey, fucking Squints over here. Squints. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, name. it's Michael. It's actually Michael Squints Paladoris. He uh, he left the he left the Sandlot behind. Exactly. Um, he left his nerd persona, and he didn't want to get canceled for having a non-consensual kiss with Wendy Peppercorn. So he changed his name to Michael Weston. He ditched the glasses, and he moved to Miami to become a secret agent. Exactly. And, wow. And his um, his enunciation and uh, I guess his pronunciation of certain words was like really like it was kind of getting to me. I was like, why is he like at one point he says uh, he says to his brother, he's like, you need to watch watch Ma. But it sounded like he said, you need to wash Ma. Well, well, Dick, would it, would, would it surprise you to know that Jeffrey Donovan's from Boston? Wow. Could you believe it? Yeah, it I did look it up, and I was like, or, "Yeah, right? he's from like Amherst or something like that." Yeah. yeah, he is. He is a mass guy, and uh, we talk. This is so good for me. Um, we'll, we'll talk about this in a second uh, about Kent. Well, so let's let's get to that. Um, talk about Kent, baby. Richard Richard Schiff uh, is, is the guy. He he know he he has Michael set up. So they actually don't get to the meet. He wants to meet on his turf. You know, they do spy stuff and they talk about the spy dance. Blah blah blah. Meanwhile. Sam Axe is meeting his client, and it's a it's a damsel in distress. It's a it's a lady who needs the help, like pretty much every other person on this show. <laughs> every other uh, guest quest giver with the exclamation point above their head is a, is a, is a little lady who needs some help from uh, from big masculine Sam Axe. Yeah, I I, I screwed up, and um, I'm too scared to go to the cops. Yep. So she uh, she the the gist is. She helped her friend who was having an affair use the, the work office to go to go bang her side piece. Um, but then the side piece took pictures and now the side piece is blackmailing her and everybody could get fired because she's he's making her smuggle packages out. And they don't, they don't know what they are, but they are from Turkey. And, you know, if the Turks did it, it's got to be bad. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, They're the, sure. baddie, the baddie country of the this week, is the basically. second time in a few weeks that they've talked about uh, the bad guys coming from Turkey. Yeah. And the other one was like, oh no, that was uh, that's what it was. It was Lucy Lawless and uh, Michael Weston had a they thing met in, in Istanbul. Istanbul. Yeah, they met yeah. in Istanbul, not Constantinople. Right. There you go. Exactly. And uh, and and they wanted to know hey, what was in the package, but that's nobody's business but the Turks. <laughs> oh boy. Getting a lot of mileage out of that one. You're goddamn right, I am. <laughs> I do I have to add the song that. again? I yeah, you that. do have to edit the song in oh, again. Oh, no. Yes, you do. <laughs> Folks, I really hope you're hearing Istanbul, not Constantinople, by They yeah, Might right, Be I'll Giants right now. <laughs> All right. I love um, that everybody's concerned about losing their jobs instead of, oh, I don't know, spending the rest of your life in prison for drug smuggling. She said I might <laughs> even go to jail, but, like, her biggest concern was, like, she needs her health insurance. You guys, it's America. She needs the health insurance. That that was depressing. I was like, this sucks. Like, You know, the gig economy desperate. will make us do a lot of things we don't want to do guys this show is very forward thinking there's a lot of like parallels between like the show's themes and modern day honestly yeah, yeah. that's not a joke that ahead of its time that sucks 12 years later find another job shit. like fucking quit that job go to the cops 
Anyway, whatever. But nope, she's in trouble. She needs Sam X. So yes. Sam X tells her, it's okay. I'm like a doctor or a lawyer, except I'm a spy, and I'm going to try and bang you, too. Yeah. He gets to hang out with the cute ladies while Michael deals with his mom. And so, yeah, that's what we're getting to. Uh, another, another good, Some good stuff. Um, Michael goes to see mom. And fucking, she's scared. She's got some problems. And who comes in? It's motherfucking Nate Weston, baby. He's back. The brother. He's back. Yes. The fail son. Everybody's favorite dipshit bro. Little Nate Weston's in the house. And he's clean shaven. Nate's got rid of the goatee. He uh, he shaved the ferret off his face. Yeah, yes, according to the line. <laughs> and that was another Boston thing. Oh, I see you shaved the ferret off your face. How's your father? <laughs> that scene was very Boston because that's the scene where he, he said, "Go wash mom." Yeah, we gotta go yeah. wash mom. <laughs> yeah, wash mom for me. It's like oh, what? Geez. So, uh, so she, uh, uh, Mrs. Weston, gets a mysterious call that's obviously about Michael. It's, it's uh, Philip Cowan messing with him, like giving him more clues and hints. So Michael's like, "All right, I gotta go take care of this. Here, you guys be safe." Hey, Nate, the big giant fuck up who spent two episodes screwing everything up and almost getting us killed, and then just disappearing back into gambling debt. Here's a gun, bro. Take a fucking gun. That's exactly just, what you need. Can I just point something out about him? Like Seth Peterson is the guy who plays Nate, and on his IMDb trivia, it says he played in the World Series of Poker and is a proficient professional poker dealer. Oh my god. He's that's even. Amazing. He brings that shit into real life. He's typecast. Oh, He's the so gambler. Good. That's so good. Yeah. Also, is it perfect. is it common to hand someone a gun with the safety off? Like that's not <laughs> probably not. <laughs> Being a spy is a lot like giving your brother a gun with the safety off. It's like you you go, should... everything could go off if, in a second or if something. If he knows how totally. to use a handgun, you should give it to him with the safety on. That's the point of the safety. Yeah, but we don't. Maybe, I think he secretly we wants his brother to die, though. Like, he would be <laughs> like that would be a great is it that way to just secret? kill him. He's like, the safety's off. Go kill yourself in the bathroom. <laughs> hey, look, Why'd if you, you go fucking off yourself, yourself be you fun. fucking asshole. <laughs> He's I also from you... New York, so we got New York v. Boston going on. Oh my god! Oh shit! Everybody's Maybe that's juggling. why. Maybe Everybody's that's why he gave him the guy with the safety off. <laughs> He's like, you fucking Fuck Yankees. The Yanks. You fucking Yankees. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> You're even doing ah oh, fucking oh god. fucking god. The mom, um, the mom was so... a smoker too, and I was waiting for that fake TV and movie smoking where they do the quick <gasps> and then breathe it out. But I think she lit that cigarette about four times in the scene. Like that was the one prop she had. That's yeah. She likes to nervously. <laughs> yeah. She's a nervous relighter though. That's her. Chain that's kind of one of her, her. Yeah, she's a chain smoker and uh, she uh, also like the, we've talked about the, the recipe for the Madeline Weston mojito. It's uh, all the stuff you'd make with a with a mojito. You need pure Cuban cane sugar and the ash from half of a cigarette. Nice. You gotta yeah. dump the uh, butt into the drink. She's like always out there making salads with a lit cigarette in her mouth and shit. She's the best. Madeline Weston <laughs> kicks ass. I love her. So does she not? She she doesn't know that he was like a spy, obviously, right? Not like, totally. She just knows that he's involved with some stuff that's like vaguely for the government, but like she does. Sure. She's like kind of intentionally left in the dark and like okay with it until until today. She's okay with yeah. it until today. She starts to and confront that because she got a phone call. Yeah, well, well, there's you know we get some other stuff here. We get into how come it. you never call me anymore, Michael? Some <laughs> well, strange man has though. to call me. But he <laughs> doesn't though. I mean, to her credit, he really should call his mother more. She's a nice probably. Lady. We all she's a nice, if not manipulative, lady. We're uh, all gonna call our moms so, after this. So Nate gets the gun, and then he just fucking has the gall to be like, "Well, I'm gonna need some money too, Mike." <laughs> Such a fucking scumbag. <laughs> he's got a ring. He's yeah. He does that a little later in the episode. Well, Mike, I need some walking around money, man. What do you Didn't need he have? Um, 
some kind of business plan to melt old golf clubs into titanium or something? Yeah, yeah like titanium is, something. Right before he talked about that, in my notes, I literally typed, Nate shaved, it must be time for a scam. Yeah, <laughs> like 30 funny. seconds later, he's like, yeah, I got this titanium golf club thing I got going on. Melting down, yeah, melting down clubs for, I don't think they ever went into any specific reason why. They were just like, we're going to melt down old golf clubs. Yeah, some sort of, I mean, it's obviously like a scrap titanium white yeah, cap scammer you know, or something. scrap metal. I th- we'll probably find out in season two because there'll he'll, he'll be some people after him to kill him about it. You think, oh man, that'd be great if he dies. Circling oh, no. right back around. Well, they're going to be, at, I mean, there's always somebody trying to kill him. That's that, like, someone's always trying to kill Nate. Like, there will always be at least one, I think there's going to be at least one Nate is fucked episode of the season. Yeah, probably. Like, he's probably going to be, one of the seasons he probably has, like, a pretty big part. We'll do we'll do some season two predictions um, sometime between now and when we get into season like two. Like in the special features, yeah, maybe episode, in the special maybe. features or something. Yeah, yeah. Let's like let's plan this out right live right yep, now. Let, yeah, listen. <laughs> we'll just do that. We'll take a break. We'll plan out. We'll, we'll start. We'll start mapping out. We'll storyboard. We'll do all kinds of stuff. Oh, that's um, the best place to do it, man. So uh, while while uh, Michael is getting his family in order, uh, Sam and Fiona go on a nice little lunch date. They have a little yeah, and he awkwardly hugs her. He like hover a, hand hugs her. And a, and a restaurant with a table placed directly in the path of the front door. Very smart. Is, is that very? Maybe that's very Miami. You know. I guess maybe in Miami like, you're just supposed to put one table right in front of the door. That's like the prime real estate, the premium seating. You now, just want to make sure that you see the ins and outs. Michael, I'm sorry, uh, Salmon or Michael and Fiona are supposed to be a couple, right? They're sort of. So they're exes. They dated before back when Fiona was in the IRA, which is true. Fiona is ex-IRA. Um, and sh- some shit went down in Dublin, and, and uh, Michael had to bounce. And they've been broken up ever since. But they fucked once, and they're, like, sort okay, of kind so of dancing around it. Yeah, it's that Why are thing, yeah. Fiona and Sam far more of a couple that have more to do with each other and get along better and eat all the time compared to her and... Because Bruce Campbell is a way better actor. I think they just and Jeffrey Donovan, because, and their they chemistry just wait is for Michael to contact them so that they help with him. Like that's all they're doing in the show. Is yeah, their jobs are to like hang out with each other and bicker, and then when Mike calls and he needs help, they go do stuff. Yeah, and so this episode he doesn't, so they had to be proactive. So now it's just the Sam and Fiona show. Yeah, that, I, I thought early on, like, oh, man, Mike or uh, Sam and Fiona are definitely going to fuck. But one, like immediately like getting into it, you realize that there's no way Sam Axe would bang one of his friend's girlfriends. He will do a lot of sleazy stuff, but he absolutely would be like, bros before hoes, Michael, are you crazy? He's got Veronica. He's got, Veron- He's got his special lady friend. He doesn't I totally Fiona. think he would nail Jillian if he had the chance. Yeah, you probably the client. Would, I think he would nail the client. Absolutely. Yeah, I think he now would. Now, the client... Him. He would uh, he would load up that Bloody Mary and there was um there was two blonde women that I confused up until the last ten minutes thinking they were the exact same person so that might have been on me hundred percent yeah that was some that was some terrible casting that was terrible casting absolutely yeah (laughs) I couldn't I I kept like I was like which one is this which one is one so yeah the the main the 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 original contact to uh, to Sam is Jillian and her friend. Is what's the friend's name? Melissa, uh, I think. Melissa, and the friend yeah. is Melissa. Melissa is the one that's being blackmailed by by the side piece, right? And Jillian came to Sam for help. That's what we're supposed to think. But uh, yeah, I kept like confusing them because, and, we'll, and we should we should move this a little bit forward. Um, Sam enlists Fiona's help. Fiona charges Sam full price, five hundred bucks an hour. Uh, Fiona's expensive. 
Right. And she, I love what she says, too. She's like, I expect other things from Michael. This is, yeah, this is where I wrote Gabrielle Anwar is on one, and then she fucking got into it. Yeah, so she's, she's like, like, I charge I you Michael. 500 an hour. Sam's like, you don't charge Michael. And we'd find out she does charge Michael in dick. Yeah, that pipe. Lay in that big it. Boston pipe. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Sam tracks down uh, a credit card state receipt to find the bar that the uh, the side piece girl was at because she doesn't want to cooperate. She wants to just go back to her husband and and you know leave this ugly chapter behind her. Yeah. So they go to a bar and it turns out, folks, twist, twist. It's a gay bar. It's a gay bar. It's a gay bar. It's a gay bar. And 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 Sam is ready for it. He is there. And uh, Fiona's like, you got this one. And Sam's like, I guess I do. He goes up to the bar. Hey, <laughs> looking for my friend. Hey, how about them dolphins, huh, boys? <laughs> he is talking sports at the gay bar. Gets a gets a drink bought for him, yep, apparently. Yeah, and everybody, and, and, and lo and behold, super charismatic Sam acts as a hit. No matter where he goes, he makes friends everywhere he goes. So this might cool make dude. up for me um, saying the word gypsy before, but I didn't notice it was a gay bar. I just thought of it as a bar. No, oh. it, was a, that's, it was all dudes, and then there was... That's why he goes, hey, uh, free drink's a free drink, right, baby? I think it's because I, I was waiting woke. for like the very kind of woke. homophobia of that era to this show, show up. This show is not homophobic. It really didn't. Yeah, this this one didn't really. They did, I was an, like, they did oh, another okay. like relatively ca- tasteful gay joke in an earlier episode, too, where um, where Nate was like grabbing the guy's arm at the gay bar, and Michael just like came up and was like, ah, my friend gets a little handsy when he's drunk. No big deal. And it yeah, wasn't yeah, like yeah. it wasn't a gay panic thing or anything. It was just like, oh, my friend just gets drunk and like thinks you're cute. Totally straight. Straight. The gay bar. But they just played it totally straight, like it was any other you know thing that would happen. Totally, totally. They played the gay. <laughs> they, they played, played the gay shit totally the straight. Bar. They did Can totally an episode title be called Playing It Straight at the Gay Bar? Kind of oh being boy. straight at the gay bar. Although, I mean, I will say being straight at gay bars is a lot of fun. I used to hang out at tons of gay and drag bars when I lived in Key West. Had uh, had lots and lots of fun. No, yeah, great times. Drag bars rule. Those drag shows are, especially like those Key West ones, like very, very, very talented. They know and, how to uh, party. Lot, yeah. They definitely know how to party. 100% know how to party. Hell yeah. That's all we care about. That's right. So um, they find this out, and they find out that the uh, – that the the side piece boyfriend is a local quote unquote hustler. He's a scam artist, and it turns out he's been scamming dudes in this bar. So it looks like he probably just used uh, homegirl's credit card or something to uh, to buy drinks. Uh, so they Tank. track him down. Yeah. They find the guy. He's uh, what's his name again? I don't even know. Some Ray Wagner. Name. Ray Wagner, the the Ray Wagner, the local con artist. Tank top man. Tank top motorcycle man. Greasy haired tank top man. Yep. And he's got he's got a Harley and. Uh, Sam goes over to, to find him. Uh, he, he punches the dude in the face, and he's like, hey, you got to leave uh, What's-Her-Face alone. And he's like, wait, I don't even know what you're talking about. I didn't do any of that stuff. All we did was go out on a few dates, and this broad made me take a bunch of pictures inside yeah. this building. That's, the, that's one weird. of the moments that felt like very Grand Theft Auto. Like They like basically like sneak up on this guy's house, yep. punch him in the face, and then get a bunch of information. Yeah, like uh, Sam so walked true. up. He did that. He did. The, you, you gotta, you gotta click down on the left stick to sneak, and you go around the side, and then you press X to dodge. You press B to melee, and then you press Y to interrogate. There you go. And uh, that's how you do it. Because usually, usually when somebody punches me in the fucking face, <laughs> I is that am not, I'm not super reticent to like just give them a bunch of information. But if that person is Sam Axe standing over you in a Hawaiian shirt, ready to fucking hit you again, you know, yeah. sometimes you gotta just make a make a strategic decision. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like the Mike Tyson quote. Like everybody's got, or I think it's Mike Tyson. He's yep, like everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the yeah. face. There you go. Yeah. Perfect. 
Um, so he, uh, he he extracts some info, and it turns out that this is the this is finally the Bunny Lebowski situation I've been talking about for weeks that I've been waiting for it to happen that I've been thinking was going to happen, and it finally did. It turns out that uh, Sam has been had. And so has right. uh, Jillian. It turns out double that blackmail. Do- we're double blackmailing. They say double blackmail like a couple times. Which is like, is that really a term? It is now. Yeah, I didn't think so. I was like, I I've think, never heard that in my life. I think it's now. just double blackmail, blackmail is now a thing. Um, and he, he even says it. <laughs> Sam even says to Jillian, it's double blackmail. It's a classic. <laughs> <laughs> it's a standard case of double blackmail. It's tradecraft. Right it is tradecraft. Um, so it's a double blackmail. So what's happening? Uh, we'll we'll uh, is. The, the the lady who was having the quote-unquote affair actually hired the guy to be like a fake boyfriend so she could get the pictures along with her husband so then she could use that to blackmail the client, Jillian, to help sm- sign for packages that the couple would then smuggle out, and it turns out that package is Turkish heroin. It's heroin, folks. This is we Did can get trace all that? it all back to the opioid opioid crisis. Is this moment right yep. here? These are they're they're sending it oh, straight to the sacklers. Oh, it's not the it's not the pharmaceutical companies. It's, it's, it's not the sacklers. No, these are unfairly maligned. You guys didn't know this. Um, uh, SXG stands for uh, Sackler Exquisite uh, Goods. So, there you yeah. go. There you go. <laughs> that's the that's the shell company that they're using here. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> they uh, they're getting double blackmailed, and so now they got to find their way to the bottom of that, and they're gonna need to, to track down Kent, and they gotta they're gonna enlist Michael, and he says we're gonna get some help from a friend. Sam goes to see Michael, and they fixed the charger. The Guys, one that exploded. Dune boys, let me just tell you, last week, last week Lucy Lawless literally blew that car up with a fucking propane tank. Um, it was exploded with a propane bomb, and uh, this week Michael is just replacing the windshield on it like nothing happened. No, no Bart, Bert marks, no nothing. Okay, I wrote um, in my notes here. Guys are always fine. working on his car. Engine exploded that last week. Him being a man, like they got to show him working out, working on cars. Well, I mean, he is a dude being a guy. This show is he about does. Yeah, they do work guys. on cars a fair bit in the cars show. get worked on quite a bit, but this one is this is egregious. Yeah, that's insane. I thought it was. I was like, maybe I'm just mistaken, and this is a different car. But you're right. Yeah, that was the car that literally blew up. It's the goddamn spy charger, and it is it is fixed. So congratulations, welcome back. Wow. Um, fix an explosion. Sam explains the situation to to Mike, and he says, "I gotta tell you, Mike, I saw it coming." Yeah, Great he's stuff. like he's trying to act cool. Great stuff. It's like a, this Campbell is clear there. role reversal because usually it's Michael coming to Sam. Sam's the one coming to Michael. Wants him to be a green beret to uh, kind of act like he's got an in and knows what's going on with the. This episode situation. is so subversive. You guys, we just we took the bird notice formula and we fucking turned it on its head. Kind of like it? that Netflix description where they're taking Snowpiercer and just making it vertical. Vertical Snowpiercer coming vertical soon to Netflix. Vertical Snowpiercer coming soon God to Netflix. Damn. I got to I we got to I might use this medium to talk about Vertical Snowpiercer when that happens cuz it just reading the description is so fucking bonkers. I did, I mean, we can stop and say did anybody read the description for Crip Camp? Oh boy. Oh, Crip Camp is oh man. It's like the one of the, I couldn't believe that was real. I was like, I was in shock. I was like, this is, there's no way. Like the more you read it, the more your brain melts. Yeah. It's, it's some real dark timeline shit. Um, You get canceled for even saying that word. Yeah. It's the, well, if it's, it's sponsored, but it's executive produced by the Obamas. How can I get canceled? Perfect. Just, Um, well, they need to be canceled too for other things. (laughs) I know. Right. It's like, yeah, they need to be stopped. 
Well, let's see if we can get us canceled for some anti-Boston racism from the next scene because, um, <laughs> boys, uh, would it also okay, shock you I to find to out that the, the gentleman who was, plays who Kent, was, Kent was Ralphie is from, from the Boston. Christmas story? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't think it's Ralphie from the Christmas uh, story. Interesting development. I didn't even consider that. I don't think that guy acts anymore. I think he's a director or something. But he is—he is a Boston guy. I can, yeah, he's I, can he uh, in... I can confirm that he is a Boston dude. Yes, um, Southboro, Massachusetts. Yeah, and so I think it might have even Shit. been last week, Josh. Cops that... are coming for you for saying the c word. Oh, yep, here they come. Here we go. Oh boy. Oh shit. I'm sorry. Here they come. Oh um, no. So they. Uh, this is. I, I talked to you about this, Josh. We brought this up on the pod. How a lot of they never cast other Boston people to act with Jeffrey Donovan because they're afraid that the Boston's going to come out like way too much. Right. Guess what? Yeah, they did it. <laughs> it fucking happened. Pulled out oh, all yeah. the stops, and this this is like the this, this shit is the, got uh, real. Crescendo. This was a battle. Oh, of wills. when they were like talking about being of... in the military and shit. Yeah. It was Semplify. Yeah. Semplify. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this shit was. Oh man, they went. There was a battle of accents, a battle of wills, a battle of spirits. There was. So he's apparently a member of rock and roll band NSC. <laughs> so if you guys want to, if you guys want to hear Kent uh, rock out, look up NSC. Just the letters. Keep NSC. on rocking, Kent. Keep on rocking. Rock out. Oh, hold on, um, one yeah, second. Damn. I got interrupt so, you for a second. This is we, uh, accent talk. We get that done. So the next uh, scene. Jeffrey Donovan is, uh, says Istanbul with oh, about eight O's in it. The spaces in between Ooh. each letter. Because I was like, he, my friend's in Istanbul. Ooh. Why couldn't they just make him from Boston? I Because he's from Miami. Yeah, everyone has to be local Miami. Yep, everyone has to be from Miami. I've been to Miami, and like, no one there is actually from Miami. Yeah, that's no, they could have easily made them transplants, but nope, nope, they're Miami people. Born, born and raised. Okay, that's Which is fine. great, because in one episode, he does, like, one of his covers is, like, a Florida Cracker guy, and that one's, ooh, that's funny. Him doing, like, it's like the Keanu Reeves and Devil's Advocate accent. Oh, God. Oh, man. It's fucking <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, it's really, it's real top notch. Good. Um, so the So the next scene, um, Michael's at home, and fucking Madeline kicks the goddamn door in. <laughs> Mrs. Weston just busts the fucking door down and is great. just spitting hot fire. Madeline is like, done. You brought a gun. Around. You gave a gun to your brother. Let me just, for the record, Madeline Weston is 100% right. Nate should never be given a firearm. Never, Especially ever like give Nate Weston Dickie a gun. Dickie said, didn't have the fucking safety on. Yeah, no, Madeline was right. Madeline is 100%. Madeline's right about everything that happens in this scene. She is she is the correct person here, and everybody should shut the fuck up and listen to her. Yeah, and they were meeting. You gave your little brother a gun? <laughs> you gave your brother a gun, Michael! Man, this Who's is such this? a Boston argument. You gave your brother a gun! Mom, stop! It's only Mom. a little gun. It's not even a big gun. Fuck. This is America. Everybody needs one. Mom, it's for self-defense. It'll make it more safer. That's the whole point of it. Mom, have you seen the news? Antifa's everywhere. <laughs> They're milkshaking us in the streets, Mom. Fuck it, Antifa. Antifa. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, she, so, so she kind of she has it out with him. She and Nate starts yelling. She finally just like everybody shut the fuck up. And she just like gets sick of it. Everybody, I thought she was gonna shoot the gun off at that moment. Oh but. man, that would have been great. They, she should have put around into the ceiling. That would have really like given it everything the emphasis it needed. I would have been really so down with that. Or just went into Nate's kneecap to teach him a fucking lesson. Um, <laughs> you see what happens when you give your your brother a gun? I shoot him in the fucking <laughs> knee, Michael. That's now that's Boston parenting right there. You see what happens? This is your fault. This hurts me more than it hurts you. Uh, 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 so, so they they calm it down a little bit. Michael says, "Do you? Do you I mean, 
do you want to know what I actually do? Like, what is, what do you, what is it that you think goes on here? And she's just like, oh, fuck. But then she's like, you got to trust us. And Michael's like, I don't trust you. And then she says, well, you're the one that left us, Michael. And it hits him like, oh, fuck. Maybe I am the asshole. And he never thought, like, he really was. Like, I, and I kind of like the way they played that. Like, he really never genuinely thought that he was the one being a dick before this moment. Then he's like, oh, shit. Wait. That's what you, that's what you oh, get no. when you think you're the protagonist. Not too bright. The mom there, was so angry, and mm. her hair had about maybe six cans of hairspray holding it, so it's perfect. But she had giant earrings, like these discs that were flying around everywhere. It was very distracting. Well, that's what happens when Madeline Weston goes Super Saiyan level one. That's her <laughs> the, first the earrings form. come out. That's her first Super Saiyan form. If they give, if they ever gave Nate uh, like an M sixteen, she like her hair would turn blue. There you go. You get longer. Super um, Saiyan Blue? That's like, that's super advanced. That's like Super Saiyan God, though. That'd I be mean, way too advanced. I thought Super Saiyan God was red. All right, we're not going to get into this. Oh, boy. <laughs> we can get into we're gonna, that's that. The, the fastest way to derail this podcast is if we started talking about Dragon Ball. There's no True. quicker. Yeah, that'll do it. I don't know too much about that. But yeah, so they... And then, but real before this scene ends, she says, you left us, Michael. And then Nate, Nate, once again, this little prick, has the fucking nerve to butt in and go, yeah, and you still got the car. You fucking prick! You're gonna twist the knife, you know. Nate, twist the... like, you know how many times in my notes I have "shut the fuck up, Nate" written in here. Well, was it like their dad's him. car or some shit? Yeah, it was dad's car. Of course yeah. it was. Fuck. And he man. left it specifically, I think, to Michael. Yeah, he specifically left it to Michael without a will, and Nate's been salty about it since day one. Yeah. Yeah. He's a real prick. So, um, we get to uh, the 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 meet and greet with Michael and Kent, where Sam X is like forty yards away on like the third floor in a pink shirt with a rifle hanging out, and nobody sees him. Very uh, GTA. Very yep, GTA. No, <laughs> yep, nobody sees him. He's out. He's outside of the enemy's cone of vision. Um, he's not, like they're not on there. You can't see him in the little cone <laughs> on your radar, so you actually can't see Sam X. Um, right. It's like ter- it's like a you know a dinosaur. It's, it's sound based. Yeah, he got as in position in the little in the still. little yellow circle as indicated by the heads up display. And uh, he is in position to, to take it down once the cutscene ends. So uh, it turns out that uh, Kent does not trust Michael. He pulls a gun on him. He's like, who sent you? I'm going to kill you. Um, Michael very quickly and very awesomely and very tier one operatorly uh, disarms the, the elite special forces guy like it's nothing. Gets the gun out of his hand. They trade some punches. Mike gets to the car, runs away, gets shot at a strange angle through the windshield. Um Sam fires well, off a couple he, rounds and everybody gets the hell out of it. He, um, no, sorry. Uh, yeah, he he shoots the the windshield and he's like, "Well, I guess I gotta fix another windshield." And I want to know if he just has spares. He seems to really like working on cars, so I think he was a bit happy about it. He's, he's gonna have to keep a couple. I mean, after everything he's been through, keeping a couple of extra windshields in stock, maybe buying bulk might save him some money in the long run. He revived run. a car from an explosion. Like a windshield is like nothing. It's going back to that Costco, be like picking up another pallet of windshields. Yeah, like he should have. He just—I mean, his house is basically like a warehouse. He also, is like this is another storage. job where no one's ta- no one's accepting another payday. Um, the lady's like, "I'm gonna pay," and Fiona's like, "Nope, don't worry about it. We got you covered." And meanwhile, I liked that though because that was yeah. so clearly making Sam pay more. She's literally fin doming him. Yeah, that. Oh my god, <laughs> actually fin doming Sam X. It's sexual now, so she's like, like fucking getting e- really her jollies. Josh, Josh, everything Fiona does in this show is sexual. You've been this watching this true. now. This is 11 she episodes. Does. Literally everything she does has sexual undertones. Or it's just overtones. Or it's just overtly her fucking. 
I just love too when they're so like the next scene's kind of them on a stakeout, right? So they're kind of staking out the various points. Like Michael's waiting for his um, uh, operator, which the, by the, the way, I love how Michael's just standing in front of a bunch of cops at City Hall with a double park charger, wearing a suit, just all day, and nobody's worried about that. Looking like a fucking cop himself. But I love Fiona's reading guns and ammo magazine. Hell yeah, hot, she is. hot. Of course she it's is. It's like so clearly oh. on brand. Oh, for sure. She is horny for weaponry. She is horny for violence. You already know all this stuff. Um, the gun, Sam's the gun represents the penis. Yeah. Very phallic. I didn't think we talked about this, but there was a point when he asked very clearly, "Is that a razor cell phone?" Oh yeah. Which is what made me look up what year this took place in. And I thought that was going to be product placement, but it actually is like, oh, there's a reason for this. We need to make a clone of this cell phone. Yeah, and I think, well, I think there is because they all do use Motorola razors like quite often in the show. So I think uh, yeah. at the time this would have been singular wireless, I think. And at the time they would have. Uh, I think I used to have singular. They would have been. Or no, I had Altel. For that. You're an Altel. Yeah, I had singular because I, I, I remember I had the matte black razor in high school and I felt so fucking cool. <laughs> remember when it was more than just like three there was just like more than yeah. There was like all kinds of regional carriers phones. and stuff, but no, yeah, <laughs> no. Uh, remember, no cash, no credit, no job history. And now our cell phone op, like now our cell phone providers and, own, like, uh, own and all the yeah. Media. And we also used to have Mike cell phone operator, and now we don't have that anymore either. Uh, oh man! So they workshop that the, one. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. Uh, <laughs> so the 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 meat uh, has to get abandoned because it turns out uh, that that the hit is on. For Jillian, that they're gonna they're gonna tie up those loose ends, uh, episode title, and they're going to take her out. Take a shot. Sam doesn't have any cell phone reception, so he's like trying to sext uh, his his girlfriend Veronica, and he can't yeah. get out. I love that little that little tidbit. Um, yeah, speaking of little, sext. Bruce Campbell's cell phone was the tiniest thing in the world. He had, a <laughs> he had a tiny little cell phone and a tiny little binoculars, and that was probably my favorite part of the show because it made him look like he was about nine feet tall. <laughs> Which, yeah. I mean, in a lot of ways, Bruce Campbell is nine feet tall. He he exudes that energy. At he least. does have big man energy. That um, well, I did notice that was like a very his like he was fucking covering it with one thumb. Just a little baby cell keypad. phone. Just a little guy. Just a cute little guy. Sam can have a little cell phone as a treat. As a treat. <laughs> uh, cool. So he uh, so Michael has to go uh, warn Sam and warn Jillian. So he leaves a uh, a note uh, in chalk on the thing. And it says uh, John 316, which, as everybody knows, was a message for him to uh, meet at the King of the Ring. Because you talk about your Psalms, you talk about John 316. Austin 316 says, I just whipped your ass. Sorry, I had to do that. Wow. I thought you were about to rant about how, like, how that was, like, clear enough to tell the guy to meet at the St. John's church at 316 the next day which i mean obviously uh, richard schiff did get but i just immediately thought about wrestling yeah i was just trying to piece together like what the fuck it meant and then like that like as it went on it's like oh if i was a smart spy i would know i guess even though that seems incredibly they, vague it's, it's yeah, really it's interesting like, all, the, all the spies that communicate with each other like all know each other's like tendencies and like what they're thinking and like what's going on in everybody's inner monologues like almost like all the spies have a, does he have a you does he have a utility belt? Because I want to know where he got hey, that chalk. That's a have. good fucking point, oh, too. He, I didn't it, even think of that. When you're a spy, you carry chalk around you in case you have to uh, bail from the meat and send a coded message to the person for the meat. We and missed so, uh, it. Like, it cut away. He went into the um, police station. And he was like, I know you guys have chalk for those outlines, guys, do. Can I borrow that real quick? Scene. It's a deleted scene. <laughs> yeah. Maybe if I, I'm going to look through the season one deleted scenes. <laughs> it's probably a long, 
like process for him. He has to like get it out of the evidence locker. It's so a whole our, ordeal. Our, our heroes meet back up in front of the SXG building, where uh, uh, I always I keep forgetting the the bad girl's name. What's the bad lady's name? Uh, Melissa, I think. Melissa, yeah. Michelle. So Melissa's leaving with the with the box of of Turkish heroin, and she's making up a little story. Um, and she gets into the van with Kent, and then Kent uh, drives around the corner, and they're waiting to. Uh, it turns out they got a car bomb. Yeah, got a little car bomb there, ready to go off, and Michael's got to disable it. And oh, yeah, I like Sam. Oh, sorry, Sam was also looking through the binoculars and he took them down and that van was no more than 20 feet away from him. <laughs> well, your eyesight starts to go in the old age, Michael. He's probably drunk too. He's always drinking. Glasses. Mike, or Sam X, those little binoculars are actually those goggles that they would give you in middle school to like, sh- like simulate being drunk, but it actually like straightens his like constant drunk vision out. He's like, Oh, this is way clear. I need to go to the, <laughs> I need to go to the optometrist. <laughs> You gotta get prescription you gotta, binoculars. See, folks, universal healthcare means Sam X gets health insurance. Prescription binoculars. We could all have them in a universal you healthcare heard it. You world. You know what Bernard says that uh, that Medicare for all includes eye care. Hmm. Burn notice. Bernard notice. That's Any right. connection there? Bernard oh. after noticing. Oh boy. Wow. Folks, check my Twitter. Find out what I did today Follow regarding the clues. To giving my money to a certain old Jewish man that wants to save us. I think um, um, Michael also. Jerry Stiller. He, Michael has a couple lines in the thing where he does the voiceovers, and <laughs> one was when he had a gun to his face from the Christmas Story guy, and he's like, "There's a couple things you can do <laughs> when you have a gun to your face." And then when he's laying underneath the car, there's a line that says, "There's two ways to blow up a car," and I'm like, "There's this about a is... hundred ways to blow up a car." <laughs> they do this all the time. Like everything is like can be boiled down to a very simple Western witticism. Like everything that happens in life can be boiled down to Michael Weston's like, like philosophy. Oh, he's the smartest guy in the room. He's the and smartest it's guy. Kind of fucking annoying. I mean, the thicker your Boston accent is, the smarter you are. Everybody knows this. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah, that's why yeah. Dana White and Mark Wahlberg are actually the smartest people on earth. He gets pissed off because his suit gets all messed up. Which, I mean, oh, yeah, he's like pissed yeah, off. The good noticed... news is he has no shortage of suits. Even though he's broke and he got burned and they took his cash, his credit, and his job history, they didn't take his suits. His tailored, his He tailored... got his suits from the cast of suits. They changed clothes a lot in this show to the oh, point yeah. where no, I, if you were the person wardrobe. in charge of like continu- uh, continuity, you'd probably be going insane. There is, yeah, the, they, they go hard on the wardrobe. Like, uh, uh, Gabrielle Anwar has always got a new fit. Um, Sam is in like three to four different Hawaiian shirts per episode. It's pretty good. I mean, that's probably his most of his attire, right? I mean, he's it's he's probably it's, like the I'm sitcom gonna... character wardrobe where it's like the same shirt, just in 500 different variations. Oh, yeah. I've said this, but I think when I go to uh, Tampa for WrestleMania weekend this year, I'm going to exclusively just dress like Sam X in Florida when I'm in Florida. Hawaiian shirt, uh, linen pants, closed toe leather sandals, gold chain. You gotta have a PBR at all times. Oh yeah, can of can of uh, tomato juice with an airplane vodka shot in it. <laughs> the Sam X. Uh, Sam X Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. Little phone. Man, yeah, you gotta get a tiny phone. Get a tiny phone. Into the, you're big oh, into yeah, the wrestling phones. there, buddy. Oh yeah, your name. Your name's Thick Flair on there, so that makes yes. sense. Yes. So, well, yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, wrestling is definitely my f- my first uh, media love and uh, and hobby. Can Absolutely. I ask you something? Please, especially if it's about wrestling. Is there anything that WWE could do to make you not a fan of them? 
I am not a fan of WWE. They do plenty every week. Everything they do a week, every week makes me not a fan of them. I actually don't. Wow. I, I don't like WWE at all. I, bear, I haven't really watched a full WWE product in months. So yeah, yeah, plenty. <laughs> but you're WWE going to SummerSlam and you. Oh no, I'm. I'm I, well, I'm going to go to WrestleMania weekend and attend a bunch of other shows, but not okay. WrestleMania. Okay. I did that uh, in New York this year as well. I didn't go to Mania, but I mean, I went in New Orleans because like the spectacle of it and doing the thing one time was fun. And and uh, you know, you go in the the big arena and the pageantry of it is. I mean, it's very cool to do one time. Oh no, it's it's it seems fun and it's 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 like it's interesting no, to, to, like, to watch the, WWE it still has such like, a cultural cash. To, to like watch WWE week to week would be fucking impossible at this point. I don't know how anybody does it. Well, and it's also, I mean, it's like morally reprehensible. Well, they're like, a, I mean, they're a bad company, but we, we don't need to get into no no ethical consumption. <laughs> no, but I mean the Saudi thing and everything. I mean that's right out in the open. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think paying them money, especially like if you're if you're paying ten dollars a month to WWE Network at this point, you really need to ask yourself some questions. Yeah. Okay. That, I had a feeling that we were on the same page there. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it would be I, it would be a great bit if I just got on here and started defending Vince McMahon to the death. Like, well, actually, <laughs> Vince McMahon is one of the most accomplished businessmen. He's in an American entrepreneur. History. Yeah, he's an entrepreneur. He's a trailblazer. He, you know, he, he made it's so what many our country was founded on. People like him he made so many opportunities. He's a job creator. Something happened. Oh, last he cares about year. his family. Something happened last year where it seemed like there was an overnight switch between WWE people and AEW, where that became the big thing. And I thought they probably just are owned all by the same company. So why does it matter? No, but AEW is owned by the Khan family, who are also <laughs> billionaires. They are like, as far as billionaires go, like, like not as like completely ghoulish as others, like on the scale. Like they're they're like and, and and the company itself is owned by the fail son, not like the actual old billionaire guy. He's just like the fail son who loved wrestling a lot and was like really rich, so got to watch a lot of it growing up. Um, and like it's you know it's it's fun and it's it's different and it's a uh, you know as far as like being a wrestler, like you're seeing something different that isn't the WWE product. But again, no ethical consumption, boys. Yep, yep. <laughs> we uh, we won't get into that on this podcast. But if you want to hear me yell about capitalism, follow me on Twitter. <laughs> there we go. Um, so back to this episode, which um, is not a metaphor for capitalism. I wish I could find a way to make uh, Burn Notice a metaphor for capitalism one day. I'm sure. Well, no, we had well, we had we had Union enough. Sam. We, we had we had uh, one of Sam X's cover characters was like a laid off Union guy throwing yeah. throwing shit at at, a, at an abandoned factory. Right. Very. Uh, and like yelling about it and how about how the bosses are bastards and like took all of his shit. Yeah. Hmm. So, but uh, he's actually he's got another character he busts out. He does all the time. Chuck Finley. Chuck makes Finley an shows up. Yep. Chuck Finley makes an appearance because he's distracting the security guard while Michael opts the fence to go disarm the bomb. He tries to. He says it's like a, you know Chuck Finley party at two, and he's like trying to say it's a steakhouse, even though it's clearly a fucking hospital. Oh yeah, it's like and they like he just keeps playing it straight. Like, no, what do you mean? This isn't like the the restaurant. We got reservations. The chop house or whatever the fuck it was called. It's like fenced in. There's a security guard. There's like lab trucks going out. There's a fucking lab rat just on the guy's shoulder. Um, right. Yeah. Know. Very clearly hospital. <laughs> there's like the, Everyone's wearing a white lab coat. It fucking works. He hops that fence and he does go. It's a uh, you know down. You know he's trying to get rid of these wires and it comes down to the wire that oh. she's about to blow up. Hey hey hey. So Michael barely in time pulls that bomb, and now Kent and uh, Melissa are very worried. The hit didn't go right. They're they're afraid the bosses are going to be angry. Uh, shit's starting to go bad, which is good for our heroes. 
Yeah, she, they're running scared. Kent notices that the bomb doesn't go off. So him and Melissa are like, well, the fucking, like, must have been a faulty detonator or switch. And now they're pissed off because they're, like, freaking out. And then they set up another rendezvous. And this way, um, basically, is it Sam and uh, Sam and Fiona are trying to get them to admit shit on Yeah, yeah. Mike. So what they want to do is they're going to have her, you know, so the original plan was to get her to smuggle the heroin out so that then they could catch Kent red-handed in possession so they could send him away. Now that that went bad... Um, they're going to tail them to the meet and they're going to try to catch him, you know, saying something incriminating when they, you know, make contact with their bosses. So they got him wired for right. sound. Uh, Fiona has a big scope that looks like a giant pistol and she's just walking down the street with it. No big deal. Nice little skirt, too. I mean, she looks like a nice little day outfit and Sam's, you know, oh, yeah. in I mean, position. Fiona's too. always Fiona's always turning on the cute and nice, a nice afternoon in Miami. But uh, yeah, so they they, uh, they get there. Michael at the same time. Meets over at St. John's at 316, gets the call at the payphone. The spy got his message, but uh, he's saying, you got to run your happy ass over to where we first originally met yep. in the next 10 minutes. This was minutes. where I really got the GTA vibes when he was running up that parking structure, like in the circles. Because yes. like, that like, that's exactly like my character when my car blows up and I have a four-star wanted level. I'm just trying to fucking get my ass out of there. And I'm just tap, spamming the A button, just sprinting up like a parking structure, trying to like hide find behind a car, it. Find a car, find a car, find a car. We got to check another car. He's just going. And he even has that sort of stiff gait like a video game character kind of has. Yeah, you that know? very so much is, like, yeah. Like, he's like, like turns on his axis almost when he makes those turns like it's perfect also he's in like a you know sport coat and like pants and like in miami like he'd be fucking cooking man and he's got 10 minutes which i I gotta say like he's supposed to be like ex-special forces and like a super spy like he should be able to have a sub 10 minute mile that shouldn't be a problem there you go and he doesn't well he's running in fancy shoes you know what you got to be prepared when you're a spy there's that's just part of it you know get some dr shoals bro what about arch support gotta have arch support it's important stuff you know, you're walking around all day in dress shoes. You're getting shot at by uh, mysterious bad guys every week. You're getting guns put to your head. You're getting your car blown up by propane tanks and then fixing it a week later. Out of all the important spy things he taught us about in his voiceovers, he never said, hey, remember the shoes. <laughs> sloppy. It's sloppy stuff. Is he writing a book? Is he um, Is he writing a book? Is that what's this supposed to be the point of this? Or? I don't is he just talking to the audience? I don't know. It kind of seemed like he was writing a book about being a spy. I mean, that's just how he talks. As most of the time. So I was far. kind of pissed off that most of the spy platitude things weren't being said by Sam because he was kind of the one doing most of the spy stuff this episode. Because it's like yeah, even yeah. when he was it on would the be client a really thing, fun, like, uh, another, it another was still his voiceover. The yeah, if they did Sam as the narrator instead. Also, yeah. just it would mean that they would have tons more uh, Bruce Campbell lines and more voice of Bruce Campbell throughout the episode, which... I'd be super into. Yeah, I think everybody would. But yeah, I think uh, I think we had talked maybe before we started recording about like music cues. Uh, it's been long enough. Maybe we talked about on this episode. Probably. I think the music when he starts running and shit starts going down, really appropriate. I feel like it really this was, was like, finally good shit. the one. Yeah, this is finally the appropriate music cue. Uh, it like has the right like tone for what's supposed to be happening in the episode. We got building tension on two different fronts. Um, Michael gets to the top of the uh, the thing. Uh, Kent and uh, Melissa get to the meet in their 2004 <laughs> Grand Am GT. Uh, the car that everyone you know owned in high school. Uh, maybe that was just you. I don't think I knew uh, anybody. I get, really? Because in the Midwest, <laughs> yeah, man, you know, so I rode silver, the bus. Silver Grand. <laughs> up in the Midwest in the early aughts, everybody had a had a like a Grand Am or like some sort of old like Firebird that was like used to be in good shape but was actually shitty. Or in my case, 
an old Jeep that used to be a good, but is actually a piece of shit now. Actually, yeah, my one friend did have a Grand Am. The other one had like a Sunfire. Sunfire, yes. Sunfire? Yes, that's a classic high school oh, car. Oh, wow. Sunfire, absolutely. Man, we beat the fuck out of that car. Oh, did, it, yeah. uh, did it also explode in a giant <laughs> rocket launcher bomb like theirs did? Holy tr- shit! Yeah. That was, that was a pretty good explosion, yeah. You guys fucking this. And so this is where, like, this is out of nowhere. The, this is the Red Wedding. This is, like, the, 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 the penultimate episode nine of a Game of Thrones season, like, moments where, like, so so Richard Schiff, uh, the man, uh, R- Philip Cowan, the man who burned Michael, is telling Michael, you think it was just me? There's bigger implications here. My bosses have big plans for you. And Michael's like, what big plans? And then, boom, this motherfucker gets shot in the chest. And at the boom. same time that this guy gets sniped, fucking the con melissa and kent are like oh shit something's wrong like no one's answering the meat's not here we got to get out of here as soon as they get in their car boom fucking rpg goes right through their windshield good night f's in chat for melissa and kent gone bye bye i couldn't tell if i was gonna laugh or like be shocked i legitimately was was like holy shit oh my god stuff's happening what the fuck is going on they raised the stakes in a way i really really truly did not expect I'll admit I did laugh after he got shot and his chest exploded and Michael checked his pulse. Yeah, that's, <laughs> <laughs> I think that he's was dead, Mike. Funny. I think they got him. Yeah, so that was the other thing. So while this is the uh, um, while this was going on with the rocket launcher, Mr. Cohen, Cowan, whatever, gets fucking sniped right in front of Michael. Yep. Oh, and- and then the cops are on their way, so it's obviously a setup. It looks like they were going to you know, blow this guy away and then frame Michael for it is what it appears that they were going to do. Yeah, because, um, but even though they said like there's some organization he's with, like it's there's people who have plans for him. And yeah, what like, are the, well, what and are the it odds? sounds like our boy, it sounds what like our buddy Philip Cowan knows dead. too much, right? So once he, uh, but now and Philip Cowan now informing and like helping Michael makes him outlive his usefulness. Dickie brought up a good point. What if he's not dead? Oh, it's a fake shooting. It was a blood packet, oh, yeah. Now that is. But very like, as Jeff said, didn't he? Did he did check the pulse though, right? Uh, yeah, but you know, it's. He only yeah. had a sec. It could have been a weak pulse. Yeah, that's true. death. Yeah. yeah, maybe he does like special like spy zen where he can like you know do breath control to stop his pulse. Slow down your heart rate. Yeah, yeah, yeah doing like that's that special thing that I just. That's yeah, possible. You never know with shows like this. That's the thing they can pull the old switcheroo. Absolutely. Another just thing that isn't related to like the plot or anything, but everyone's suit pants were way too wide back then. Like everyone's pants were just way, just the big wide pant legs, and it was kind of upsetting. Yeah, things have gotten slimmer. Yeah, things well, have know, slimmed and, down, and for good reason. Not, I think that's a good thing. Everyone, and it's not our president's pants. Oh no, Ooh. our our, 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 got some big, ass our big boy loves his big old wide pants. He's got those those Ooh. North Korea parachutes going on. Let's uh, let's let's try not to get too political here, guys. <laughs> I would okay. love if just I would love if the North Koreans just started straight up wearing jinkos because they they have the same cut like anyway, like most North Korean style. Like has the big pants. So they just started wearing Jinkos and Lee pipes. There you yeah, go. I don't know. I have no frame of reference for what you're talking Kim about. Jong, Kim Jong Un <laughs> too young. Jinko jeans. The big, you know, the big. Uh, you don't remember? No, I know. I know Jinko jeans. I wasn't. I just wasn't aware that Korea. This was like, like if you look. If you look at pictures of North Koreans, like it's. I think mean, the military clothing has it all like this, but a lot of like the the formal dress and stuff, like a lot of just like the style there, like the slacks, all have like really wide pant legs. Hmm. Why are you looking at North Korean pant legs? Uh, you never Thanks just for like, go. That. You never just can see. <laughs> What's that? Your next question? Have you never looked at I don't, a I don't know him enough like... to ask why he's looking at these things. <laughs> I was like, why are you looking at that? I mean, I'll explain myself if you really want me to. One, I mean, I think well, I'm, maybe we're not the only ones asking, so you might as well. Well, one. Um, have you ever not just like seen a photo gallery of like what's going on in North Korea, just like life in North Korea, just because you're curious about the other parts of the world? 
Yeah, I guess so. Culture. Have a little okay. culture, guys. Second of all, there is a great Tumblr account that was called Kim Jong-il looking at things when Kim Jong-il was alive. Um, and it was literally just pictures of Kim Jong-il looking at stuff and like pointing at them. And it was just, it was just a really great Tumblr account. Okay, I, that sounds kind of familiar to me now. And so yeah, that, that's where my North Korea knowledge comes from. And also the Seth Rogen film, The Interview. No, oh, that classic movie that got uh, taken down from theaters. Yep. Uh, thanks, Obama. Uh, wow, a lot of a lot of shit going on at the end of this episode. Yeah. So like, uh, that Michael's Michael's left wondering what the fuck's going on. He has to call his brother, which I'm sure he was not happy to do. Fiona is, and Sam. Sam gets abducted, folks. Sam is taken. Sam into is taken. Call Liam Neeson people. because Sam Axe has been taken. Wow. Call. Did you say call Liam Neeson? I said call Liam Neeson. Call Liam Neeson. Who, do you, who else would you call when someone gets taken? Who are you going to call when, when, when your friend gets know. taken? It's, it's not a ghost, though. It's people that took him. You don't know. They when can be people, ghosts. What if when this people is, with this guns when take your friends. Supernatural. Jeff, do you remember the show getting supernatural? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Ghostbusters are season okay, two. Okay, see? But the, but the guy Ghostbusters. Oh, so that's like a throwback Ghostbusters? Yeah, Dudes Rock 2020 Ghostbusters. Wow, I I still haven't seen the new trailer for the new Ghostbusters. Nah, doing it. Yeah, I didn't watch that either. I'm not down. Yeah, I'm good. just don't not care, down. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. So, that's something I care um, about. Th- so that they're going after Fiona as well. Fiona needs to yeah. escape. She's cornered. What does Fiona do? She another another great video game trope. She jumps off a fucking bridge into the water and disappears, baby, into the Ooh. into the daytime, not into the night because it's the middle of the afternoon. Just like Fiona, when she when things get uh, hairy and explosive, she gets all wet. Hey! Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, she yeah. was looking. When... Just like, can you name one video game where you jumped off of a bridge and Final Fantasy VII landed in water? Yeah, you jump on a bridge in GTA. Final Fantasy VII when you're getting rid of the Shinra soldiers and Cloud okay. has to get out after they blew up the uh, sector. Yeah, all you have to do is escape in uh, Metal Metal Gear. <laughs> All you have to do is escape your enemy's cone of vision for 12 seconds, and then it resets. But you're right. I think the only one that it really came to mind was Final Fantasy I mean, so, VII. Yeah, so that was Fiona... a stretch for the trope thing you're trying to really force <laughs> into here. The only one I could think Fiona of. only had a two-star wanda level. It was very easy to escape. Oh, yeah, you're right. Well, yeah, I guess it wasn't even It wasn't even. Yeah, it, wasn't, it was a two-star, star, so yeah. Be... It was only a two-star. They didn't have the helicopters out yet, and uh, they weren't aggressively pursuing, so... It's totally fine. So she was able to kind of get away and at least phone Michael. Yep. So she, she gets on the payphone. She says, Michael, everything's all fucked up. Um, he's like, yeah, yeah, I know. Um, can we not talk about this right now? And she's like, yeah, but we're really fucked, bro. <laughs> so nobody wants to talk about it, but they all need to figure out a plan here. So Nate and Michael calls Nate and he's like, Nate, I need you to pick up mom and get out of here. And Nate's like, what's going on? Talk to me. Tell me. Like, obviously, this shit's urgent. Nate, shut the fuck up and help your brother. Shut up, Nate. Yeah, he wants to ask too many questions, but he eventually does drive his little pickup truck and get Michael wherever they plan to meet. <laughs> yep, they, they, I liked it when uh, when Fiona called Michael and like she was like all wet and like dewy, dewy, um, just covered in morning like, Irish dew. She's like, <laughs> oh, she's like, I gotta go. They're after me. And she like drops the phone and the phone's like swinging, and then the camera like zooms into the phone yes like. you know what that shot reminded me of um the the transitions in flight of the concords when it's like later that day or like the next like the way they kind of like the way it was yeah. framed and the way they put the text in to be continued yeah yeah it's just very, it had a very flight of the concords energy to me unbelievable <laughs> yeah. but you're right to be continued this is a two-parter there was a great line towards the end here where uh she said he says she says michael what's happening and michael says truth 
I have no idea. Yeah, oh, I don't. Man. I don't either. But I fucking love it. I'm into it. We're into it. Apparently, I'm. I, I don't have everything. any idea, but I'm way into it. The man who knows everything is now suddenly confused. He's. I mean, you know, he's met his match. Classic trope. He's met his match by people getting blown up and shot. His bullets and rockets. His only weakness. I wonder how they knew. How'd they yeah. find out? That would do it. That would do it. So we are we are left with a with a cliffhanger and with a payphone hanger, because uh, Fiona didn't hang the phone up. Didn't hang the phone. Very up. rude. Yep. Very I don't rude. know. I hope she wasn't getting charged by the minute. Uh, I hope it wasn't a collect call. It's gonna be bad for Michael's uh, singular bill on his Motorola Razor. She better hang up real quick. Yeah. Better hang that phone up. So that's the yeah. episode, folks. Uh, there was a lot. It was a very eventful one. Um, there there was a lot to get into, and uh, we're going to. Uh, conclude this two-parter next week. Yeah, do we do we want to rate Ooh, this one, or should we rate them both as standalones at the very uh, end? What if we did all of that? What if we rated this one, rated that one, and rated them together? Okay. okay. All right. So all right. what's the token? So we usually rate them with a token of some sort that's um, specific to this episode. I'm going uh, no, to nominate Buckets of Chicken. I was just going to say that. It's got to be the Buckets of Chicken, right? Yeah, it's got to be the Buckets of Chicken. Out of ten Buckets of Chicken... And I think uh, I think we'll let our guests go first. Well, out of ten buckets of chicken, yes. I'm going to have to say that I'm going to give this five buckets of chicken because I want ooh, to think ooh. of them as a like a whole two part episode. But this was pretty excellent, so I'll give five to this one and, and hold save off the other five, five to the end. Them, so. Yeah. That is a good. That's a good. Uh, that's actually, a good system. That's a great way to do. You're it. You're allowed to have whatever system you want when you rate these episodes. You know, we're not chronicling them. I don't couldn't tell you what I rated episode six. Mm, probably not. Very clever. Very clever. I think I'm gonna give this one. I'm gonna give it six out of ten. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a little, a little more, just because it is my first um, exposure or my first watch of this show, and I was able to pretty much drop right into it, which I think. Uh, I think TV needs more of and that. And for a finale, like, that's pretty rare. I think that's definitely interesting. Like for a like finale, where so episodic much episodic sort of TV doesn't really seem to. I mean, there are shows out there, but they're all really bad. Like uh, yeah. NCIS and like those murder shows. Yeah, the like procedurals. Fuck, like yeah, the procedurals are are trash. I'm sorry. Let me just uh, qualify that by saying uh, those opinions do not reflect our views of Law & Order Special Victims Unit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, see, I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not a fan. I, I can't get into that. Yeah, especially, me either. Especially when, you know, in reality, the conviction rate for rapes is so fucking low. Yeah, um, but that's not Benson giving... and Stabler's fault. They no, but they're, they're, it's propaganda. Oh well, I mean, yeah, you have to you have to go into those cop things again, knowing what yeah. they are. Like, especially cop shows. As a, and I, I love cop shows. I always have. It's just I, I enjoy consuming them. You have sure. to have a realistic idea of what they are when you consume them, and know what it is and what their intent is, and take entertainment away from it in in, in a different way. And I think that's very yeah. possible to do as long as you as long as you go into it with that knowledge. Yeah, you know, I, I don't mind it with, like, regular police shows, but that's a specific part of the police that, like, is... They openly dismiss... They openly dismiss people's claims in that department. So for them to make a TV show about how they're addressing it so positively, it's, 
I, that's too far for me. Public perception gets skewed. It really does. Damn. It really, really does. Damn, as much as, as much team. as you as much as you say, oh, you got to go into this show knowing what to expect. A lot of people don't. Yeah. A lot of people go into that show and go, oh, this is the way it is. This is how the cops get a case and then they try to solve it. And no, they don't even fucking try. So a yeah. devastating takedown of Ice T. Uh, I'll take shocking. I'll take him down. Shocking. Fucking cop killer bullshit motherfucker. Shh, wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Can I Damn. can I bring I something up real quick? Yeah. There was something and I'm I know I've talked about this somewhere before. I apologize, but um there's something that they didn't do on this show that they do on all the procedural shows where it's you know, it's forensic experts or cops and they are explaining their jobs to the other cops. <laughs> like the the um, x-ray technician that is explaining to the other x-ray technician that an x-ray machine shows your skeleton to someone. Yeah, they don't, they like don't need any of that finger, in this show. Because what they fingerprints just, uh... are. There was, there was no point in this show where the spies were explaining spy stuff to the people who knew what was happening no they were just explaining spy stuff to us through narration and adr constantly yeah. that's all they so that's how they get that their gives point it, across that gives it an extra bucket of chicken for me an extra nice. bucket of, we get extra chicken you love to hear that oh shit we're both somebody up, threw an extra drumstick in there we're yeah, both you know up what? to six out of ten there we go josh where are you at um i'm thinking that's an interesting way to rate it i like the like the half and half type deal um, so I think I, I maybe we'll just go into a little uh, totem pole here. I think I might go seven out of ten, honestly, because I, I do like it. I thought it was a great episode. Um, I do think it was a little in the beginning ex- explanationy, little expository in 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 parts that I wasn't super into, uh, and it took a little bit for me to kind of get into it about halfway through. But I think seven out of ten, pretty solid. All right, all right. Um... So, you know, I there was there was some stuff that uh that I you know what? Fuck it. Ten with three sides, wow. two biscuits, and a fucking drink. Fuck you guys. This episode ruled. Ten wow. a mother wow. fucking You can ten. make it and not fuck us. How dare you? Woo! Wow. You're it's right. I, I had a feeling you were gonna go. There. I loved this episode. This is the one that fully made me like uh, there all of my irony investment in Burn Notice is gone. I just like this show now. I think it's good and I can't wait to watch the rest of it. Wow, this is Got where I'm in. You're, I am not. I don't think I'm there. I'm fucking wow. in. I'm fucking in. Wow. Sign me up. This is not even like they've they've shown that they can be self-aware. They've shown that they now, now that they've shown that they can do like the serious stuff in like a in a serviceable way, and they can raise the stakes, and that they'll they'll really like do unexpected things, especially towards the ends of seasons, that they'll, sh- they'll foreshadow things and set up stuff uh, coming up. They've shown their competency which is more than I can say earlier on in this show, and I think it's only going to get better. So, Paul, are you telling me that right now you are making history by doing the first podcast show related to TV where you actually like enjoy what you're doing and watching? I am a fucking <laughs> trailblazer. I'm wow. always saying this. <laughs> wow. Yep. Wow. I'm. I'm. Because uh, you guys hate Dune famously, right? You guys hate Dune. No, I love it. <laughs> you guys hate Dune sucks, right? <laughs> Uh, that would be a really good bit if you guys just thought Dune was like the worst shit in the world and just did like a long uh, running podcast on it. No, there is there is too much of that right now. We don't need any more of that. No, that I agree. No. I've uh, I've talked about this and I won't pot it on it too much because I think we I like I think being positive on this podcast no, is good for us all. and for our listeners. But yeah, I think uh, making too much content about stuff you hate is not healthy. 
No. No. We, we leave that to we leave that to other people that uh, nope. you know, that nobody we know or have ever heard of would ever do. No, anything. of course Definitely not. None of the patrons I subscribe. Definitely to. no one we know would ever act like that. So. <laughs> ah, no, I love it. You guys made me Dune fans. I just started Children of Dune the other day. Ah, uh, we're we're both in the same boat. We're both starting off uh, starting off the new year on the good foot, Dune. Yeah, I was trying to read this Star Wars book, and I just couldn't deal with that. I was like, fuck it, man. I want to keep reading Dune. Well, we got some burn notice books coming up pretty soon. Uh, we do. I got to read some that. burn notice books, and I don't think I'm going to like them as much. Burn notice what? novels. Whoa, 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 man, so whoa, 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 whoa. There's Dune. Dune notice. <laughs> There's burn notice. Dune notice. Oh, my God. Sign me up for Dune notice. Holy shit. How much would you guys love wow. Dune notice? I mean, isn't that what this is right yeah, it's, now? I'm serious. Like, let's make the entire burn notice like TV series. It's the exact same premise, but it's just set in the Dune universe. There you go. It's a it's a spies spies on planet spice. Arrakis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's spice yeah. smugglers and like yeah, he got burned by I don't really know how the the government agencies work in the Dune universe, but like he got burned and now he's back in like his home desert and uh, he's got to like find out who burned him. He's in the siege. I assure you, if uh, that if that dude the new Dune movie makes a billion dollars, they are gonna milk it for everything it's worth, and there will be Dune cops. <laughs> Dune cops. Yeah. Oh yeah, there are Dune the cops. little ki- little kids running around at Halloween dressed up like the Quizette Chatterack. <laughs> Everyone's got still suits on. Yep. Wow. Yep. Look at me, mommy. I'm Paul Atreides. <laughs> can, can you imagine a household where that's been spoken? <laughs> Look at me, mom. I'm Paul Atreides. Mom, you're Jessica. You're Lady oh. Jessica. You're a Reverend Mother. <laughs> those are those are the parents that are nerds, so they have kids that they force all this stuff onto so when kids turn into teenagers they rebel and all of a sudden they hate whatever their parents like so that's gonna happen that's why uh that's why when my children grow and i have uh young twin boys i'm never gonna make them dress like michael and nate weston i want them to like this (laughs) specifically twin boys yep (laughs) yep i want to yeah just specifically that i don't know why my my best friends are twins they're not even twins in the show (laughs) i mean no but have a kid from Boston and have a kid from yep, New if York. I, when I have my Boston and New York sons. <laughs> well, he wants twins, so he's probably going to go for the in, vi- in vitro thing, right? Yes. My, my, my children will only come from test tubes. That's the awesome. way I like it. My, my children will only. Intended. Yes. Exactly. Um, and when, when they come out, I expect to pull out my calipers and make sure that they're all up to snuff. <laughs> the skull sizes are proper and <laughs> yeah. everything. Phrenology yeah. 2020. Let's go. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel like we need to. Start revving this up before shit gets really weird. <laughs> oh, oh no! Oh shit! Oh, oh shit! Oh what Did happened? We just lose Dicky? What happened? What happened? Were those cop? Were those cops at Dicky's end? Honestly, I have no idea. Oh my fucking god! We- oh shit! We just lost Dicky. What's in store for our heroes? Will Fiona give her pursuers the slip? Will Sam escape his captivity? Will Dick recover from his gunshot wounds? Find out next week on an all-new Burn After Noticing.